is alive. He is alive. He is alive. Christ is alive and comes to bring good news to this and every age till Christ is risen. The Lord is risen. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Let us worship the risen Lord. Will you stand as you are able and join in singing Christ the Lord is risen today, number 302.
Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Earth and heaven in chorus say, Hallelujah. Praise your joys and triumphs high. Everlasting. 
everlasting life is this. Alleluia. Be to know thy power to prove. Alleluia. Thus to sing and thus to Please stay standing as we read today's uh, scripture, taken from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. When they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mother, or Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves when he went home, amazed at what had happened. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Amen. And you can be seated. And then printed in your bulletin is our opening prayer that we will say in unison. With thanksgiving, praise, and joy, we worship you, marvelous God. How amazing is all your creation. How glorious is this day of new life. Come among us now, we pray, to raise up from our fears and doubts and perplexity. We We want want to believe. We want to trust. We want to dare. We want to live. Touch us today with the spirit of hope that our discipleship may honor Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Faith Community United Methodist Church for this Easter Sunday worship. It is good to be with you this morning. How many of you were here in the parking lot last Easter for our drive-in worship service? You remember that? That was, that was a good time, but it is uh, so much nicer to be in here, isn't it? And to see a, a full sanctuary. Now, if you honk your car horns in here, I'm going to ask you to leave, but... Uh, It is good to be with you this morning. We are having an Easter egg hunt uh, following the service at 10 o'clock out on the front lawn. You're invited to come out uh, for that. There will be some refreshments as well. Uh, We are uh, celebrating the Sacrament of Holy Communion this morning. If you uh, didn't get your uh, bread and juice on the way in, they are uh, these little cups sitting out on the table out there, and I invite you to just go out and, and get one if you didn't already. If you haven't been here since we've been using these, uh, they're a little hard to open. There is a very very sheer, clear plastic uh, on top that holds the bread in, and you take that part off first. If you take the whole 
top off, it's going to spill the juice. So just take the clear plastic part off first for the bread, and then the, uh, the other seal is underneath that for the juice. So we will have that at the end of the service when we come to our time of Holy Communion. Next Sunday is Confirmation Sunday. We uh, are finally getting to confirm our confirmation students who went through confirmation class a year ago and uh, have been waiting to confirm their faith and join the church. And so we will be doing that next Sunday. I hope that you will come back to join us for that. And also bring your coins with you because next Sunday is Coins for Mission Sunday. So bring your coins uh, to support our mission projects. And finally, I'd uh, just like to remind you to bring in your Lenten Challenge offering. If you haven't already done that, that's going to be distributed soon. So if you have been collecting for our Lenten Challenge and haven't brought it in yet, uh, make sure that you get that in right away. We are going to continue worshiping now uh, with our prayer hymn, which is number 314 in the hymnal, In the Garden. to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear calling on my ear the Son of God discloses and he walks with me and he and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me joy we share as we tarry there. 
Eternal God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, before whom the morning stars first sang together, who holds in your hands the destiny of every living creature, we worship you today. We thank you for the note of victory that fills our souls today. We thank you for the living Lord over whom death has no dominion and for the rich heritage of faith that life is Lord over death, that love can never lose its own. Strengthen our faith this day. Confirm our confidence in you and in the life eternal. We thank you for all of the excellent and beautiful things that make our faith more sure. For our friends who have loved us, for our homes that have nourished us for the heights and depths of the human spirit full of promise for all the victories of right and truth and above all for Christ who has brought life and immortality to light we thank you join us today Lord and join us together with those whom we have loved and who live with you now in the house not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. Gather us together in the fellowship of your church. We pray for those downturned souls for whom the note of victory sounds distant and unreal. You see them, you know them. Their spirits frustrated by circumstances, overwhelmed by temptation, those facing griefs too heavy for their own strength. O Lord, it is in your strength that we trust. You can make the barren places rejoice and the desert bloom. We pray for you to redeem some downturned soul this day from defeat to victory. Replenish us with new hope. Lord, we pray before you for your church, for that great tradition of saving faith. We pray for you to draw these members together in increasing unity, that we may witness together to the truth of your gospel. To that end, may the living Christ be not only in our creed, but in our experience, in our lives. Let Easter not just represent a historic victory long ago, but may it mean a present triumph in our souls. The living Christ is our inspiration and our strength. And so we live not to ourselves, but it is Christ who lives in us, the hope of glory. We pray this in the name of the Christ who has taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, 
as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Oh, yeah. 
Our second scripture reading today is taken from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 23. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints. Sorry, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power? God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Jesus had been telling his disciples for some time what was going to happen. Not the entire time they were together. Jesus didn't tell them everything right up front. He had to wait until they were ready. But once the disciples were certain that Jesus really was the Messiah, then he began telling them what that actually meant. How he would go up to Jerusalem and be rejected. How he would be arrested and put on trial. How he would be tortured and crucified. And how, three days later, he would rise from the dead. He had been teaching this to them for some time. So it seems odd to us that as these things began to actually take place, the disciples still didn't get it. They were disheartened when Jesus was rejected. They were surprised when he was arrested. They were downright terrified when he was put on the cross. They didn't know what to make of all of this. They had no idea what would come next. We shake our heads in disbelief at the disbelief of the disciples. Didn't Jesus tell tell them all of this ahead of time? Didn't Jesus tell them that on the third day he would rise again? Well, yes, he did. And no, the disciples didn't get it. But my hope is that by the time we leave here today, we will be shaking our heads more at our own disbelief than at the disciples. And more to the point, I pray that the Holy Spirit will undo some of our disbelief that we tend to cling to despite the fact that Jesus has told us over and over again what to expect. Do we yet get it? First, let's look at the disciples. Why did they not get it? Well, that's pretty simple. They didn't get it because... They couldn't get it. They they couldn't imagine how this could possibly happen. How is it possible that somebody could be whipped and flogged and nailed to a cross until the life drains out of his body, have his dead body placed inside a tomb with a boulder rolled in front of it, and then three days later be alive again? These kinds of things just don't happen. Granted, they didn't have the same scientific understandings that we possess today, but they lived in the same world we live in. They had seen how these things go. They had been around long enough to know 
that a body that has been tortured to death doesn't just come back to life three days later. Before all of this actually took place, everything that Jesus had to say to them about this sounded like nonsense to them, gibberish, words strung together that didn't mean anything. The disciples didn't get it because they couldn't get it. There was no way for them to wrap their minds around what Jesus was saying about being rejected and tortured and crucified and then coming back to life. So they did with the lifeless body what you always do with a lifeless body. They prepared it for burial. The process of burial in that culture was this. The body was anointed from head to foot with lots of nice-smelling spices to lessen the, the smell of decomposition. And then it was wrapped up and placed inside a tomb that had been dug out in the side of a hill. And a boulder would close off the entrance. Sometime later, much later, years later, after de decomposition had taken place, someone would go back in and collect up the bones that were then placed in a stone box called an ossuary. A family tomb might contain a dozen or more of these ossuaries. Now, the reason that the women came back to the tomb just a few days later, early on Sunday morning, was because of the timing of the burial. Jesus had been taken down off the cross late Friday afternoon, just before sunset. The Sabbath was about to begin. There's not, there was not time to properly anoint the body for burial prior to the start of the Sabbath, and it was forbidden to do it on the Sabbath. So the dead body was hastily wrapped and placed inside the tomb just before the sun went down, and then the Sabbath ended at sundown on Saturday, but by then it was too dark for the women to do what they needed to do in a dark tomb. So they returned at the break of dawn on Sunday. The, the first opportunity that they had to anoint the dead body for burial. But when they arrived at the tomb on that Sunday morning, there was no dead body to be found. Instead, they found the tomb empty. The boulder had been rolled away. The tomb was standing wide open. John tells us that they saw empty grave claws lying there. Luke tells us that they saw two men who sound to all the world like angels. And those men or those angels said to the women, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here but has risen. Remember how he told you that the Son of Man was to be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. Then they remembered his words. After everything else had happened, just the way that Jesus said that it would, after they saw the tomb empty, when the angels reminded them of what Jesus had been saying all along, then they remembered his words. Then, just then, the words that Jesus had been speaking, started to register, started to make some sense. This is just what Jesus said would happen. The women in their excitement ran and told the disciples what they had found. Verse 11 says, but these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. They thought they were telling stories. They thought they were making the whole thing up. Why? After all that Jesus had told them, why would they still refuse to believe because it just sounded too outrageous no matter what jesus had said no matter what the women told them they still couldn't imagine how this could possibly be true they had seen 
Jesus' dead body for themselves. The only way they were ever going to believe that he was alive once again was if they saw him alive once again with their own eyes. And that is exactly what happened. Later that night, when they were gathered together in a locked room, Jesus showed up. Jesus stood before them. Then, and only then, they knew it was true. Then they truly believed all that Jesus had said was true. Now let's talk about us. On what basis do we believe? And what is it that we believe? Many of you are here in worship today because you believe that Jesus really did rise from the grave and that he is alive today. Some of you here probably don't even believe that much. And if that's the case, if you don't believe that Jesus is alive or if you're not really sure, I want you to know that I'm glad you're here anyway. But even for those of us who do believe that he's alive, there's more to it than just that. Jesus said a lot more about what would happen following his death than just that he would rise again. He said things, outrageous things, such as his followers would do even greater things than he had done. Do we believe that? He said it, but do we believe it? Or does it just sound like an idle tale? Let's move into our reading from Ephesians and see how the resurrection of Jesus plays out in our lives and in our faith. Paul says to the Ephesians, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. So right there you see that our concept of God, the God we believe in, is not just some vague general idea of some undefined higher power that we don't really know much about. No, he is the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the God who Jesus reveals to us. He is the same God who raised Jesus from the dead. He is the God whose love and whose power and whose perfection we know through Jesus. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, he goes on, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. As you come to know him. Not as you come to know of him. Not as you come to know about him. As you come to know him. You see, here's the thing. You don't come to church to hear about Jesus. You don't read the Bible to learn about God. The goal is to know him personally. To be in relationship with him. To be united with God through Jesus Christ. I shouldn't even say that that's the goal. That's what faith is. That relationship is the source of our faith. Paul says, I pray that God may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. That is where our belief comes from. That's where our faith finds its foundation. It's from God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gives us that spirit of wisdom and understanding as we come to know him. So if you come to believe today because of something that I say, praise God for that, but it's not really because of anything that I say. It's because 
of the God of our Lord Jesus Christ giving you a spirit of wisdom and understanding. It wasn't until the disciples came to know the risen Jesus that they could believe in the risen Jesus. It's the same with us. You won't truly believe that Christ is alive unless and until He gets a hold of your heart, unless and until you come to know the risen Christ. Not just listening to stories about Him, not just hearing others proclaim Him. You believe. You have true faith when you come to know Him personally. Paul goes on in in Ephesians, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened. That's what happens when He gives you that gift of faith, when He makes Himself real to you. The eyes of your heart are enlightened. With the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance among the saints? That's the next thing. When when we come to know him personally, then we come to know personally the hope to which he has called us, the purpose for which he has laid his claim upon our lives. Let's face it, life in this world can seem pretty pointless sometimes. People wonder, why am I here? They wonder, where is my life heading? God knows. God knows the answers to those questions because God is the author of our lives. He has put you here for a reason. He has called you for a purpose. God has wondrous future in store for you. He has things for you to accomplish in this life, and He has a glorious inheritance waiting for you in the next. You might not be able to see that on your own. In fact, you can't see these things on your own because ultimately you're not the one in charge of your life. You might not even be able to grasp these things just by believing in God. Yeah, God exists, but what's that got to do with me? What's that got to do with my place here, with my future? It has everything to do with those things. And you come to know these things as you grow in your relationship with the risen Christ. As you come to know him, then you come to know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance that he has in store for you. And, Paul goes on, it doesn't stop there, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to his great power. You see, it's more than just knowing what God wants from us and for us. It's also knowing that it is by His power that it will be accomplished. I think this is where so many of us Christians falter. We know Christ. We know the truth of His resurrection. We walk with Him and have a relationship with Him, and yet we still think it's all about us. We still think it's up to us to get it right. We we still think that it's by our willpower, by our knowledge, by our talents and gifts that that we do what He wants us to do, we end up selling ourselves short, we end up selling Christ short because we forget that it is by the immeasurable greatness of His power that works His will through us. So God gives me this 
image of, of this great thing that he wants to do through me. And I say, well, I can't. I'm just not that great. I, I could never do that. But God can. God can. The God who raised Jesus Christ from the grave can do anything. And he can do it through you if he wants to because of the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. If you still don't believe that God can and will accomplish even greater things through you than he did through Jesus, even though Jesus has told us that he will, then you're just as dense as those disciples who were searching for a dead body on Easter morning. Christ is alive. The power of God that raised Jesus from the grave is at work in you and in me to do great and marvelous things. We, the church, are His body. The fullness of Him who fills all in all. That, that is how Paul ends this section of his letter to the Ephesians. Christ is the head and we, the church, are His body. When we acknowledge Him as our head, when we acknowledge ourselves as his body, then we can no longer live unto ourselves. We live unto the Lord. We allow him to guide our steps, to direct our actions. We allow him to inspire our words, to lead our lives. And we do it all by his great strength. Just as he He has told us. Over and over again, He has told us. Are we yet listening? Do we yet believe? Do you think this is just an idle tale? Or have you come to know Him and to accept and to live by the resurrection power of God shown forth in Jesus Christ, and poured out upon us in His Holy Spirit. Christ is alive. Let us live in Him. Amen. And now we celebrate Christ's presence in us as He pours His grace upon us once again in the sacrament of Holy Communion. So I invite you to join with me in the prayer of the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ and called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. I invite you now to take the bread, the body of Christ, broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of him. The cup of salvation poured out in the blood of Jesus Christ. Take and drink in remembrance of him. Let us pray. Precious Lord Jesus, our risen Savior, we thank you for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us once again. We thank you for that promise that your resurrection power is at work in us and in our lives. Continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit this day and in all the days to come. We pray this in your precious and holy name. Amen. I invite you now to stand as you are able and turn uh, in the hymnals to number 307 for our closing hymn, Christ is Risen.
Christ is risen, shout Hosanna, celebrate this day of days. Christ is risen, hush and wonder, all creation is amazed. In the desert all surrounding, sea a spreading, tree has grown, healing leaves of grace abounding, bring a taste of love unknown. Christ is risen, raise your spirits from the caverns of despair. Walk with gladness in the morning, see what love can do and dare. Drink the wine of resurrection, not a servant, but a friend. Jesus is our strong companion, joy and peace shall never Christ is risen, earth and heaven, never more shall be the same. Break the bread of new creation, where the world is still in pain. Tell its grim demonic chorus, Christ is risen, get you gone. God the first and last is with us. Sing Hosanna, everyone. Christ is risen. Earth and heaven nevermore shall be the same. Go now in his resurrection power. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.